Hello and welcome back to Podcasting is Praxis. I'm David, my pronouns are he and him. I'm James, my pronouns are they and them. I'm Jamie, my pronouns are he and him. Uh, I'm Rob, mine are he and him. And I'm Alistair, my pronouns are also he and him. So it, it is the most wonderful time of the year, um, but not because of uh, festivities or whatever fucking shit you're pretending you enjoy. Uh, it is because it's a world season on this blighted fucking podcast. Yes, we have brought gifts for all the people on the normal island. Lumps of coal for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Little turd statues, also known as the praxis. Mm. <laughs> I was trying to explain uh, uh, these awards and, and the categories to my partner, and she said, but they're, why why do you not have, like, best movie or something fun and, and you know, and <laughs> to lighten the mood? And podcast. I was like, you, you do not listen to our, to my podcast, do you? <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't understand. <laughs> I keep trying to get her to join Twitter so she can understand us, but, like, she never Why will. would you do that? <laughs> yeah. Simply gaze into my third eye and it all will be revealed. (laughs) (laughs) Join me in the posting dojo, yeah. What I'm seeing is this weird little blue bird. Causing fucking (laughs) needless harm. Do not condone such activities. Um, So, yeah, we've um, we've had a look through the year and, you know, with with the best of our combined abilities, which means that we've got some, some show notes in which some of it we will research, which is the bits that Rob did, and the rest of it is not, and we'll probably miss hundreds of shit. So if we missed your favourite shit event of the last year, uh, fuck, fuck yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At Crime Beavis, he, I hear he's uh, he's very good with that kind of stuff. Aye, that's it. Crime Beavis and fucking Wizard Cubes and everything else. All, all, all of the fucking The Fallen. Just at all of them. At The Fallen. Oh, I've, got, I've got to check out this yeah. Twitter account now. Post, post one respect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah any any Presume problems you... with tonight's episode uh just at wade avery <laughs> just a, a wide open space for you here jamie just what? wide fucking open oh, I, was, I thought you were going to introduce us well i'm not going to introduce you to introduce the first fucking section am i why not have i not been here long enough do i not deserve that kind of treatment and now for the man who needs no introduction. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have it removed in the edit. <laughs> Aye, so the first award tonight is the Y22K award for just being <laughs> shit at computers, basically. <laughs> um, the candidates are cryptocurrency and, and the associated guys thereof, Meta <laughs> and Twitter, I think it's pronounced. I'm not familiar with that mm. one, like. Yeah, so it's, it's a new service we're all trying out for the first time. We're very excited yeah. about it, though. Yeah, Jamie, I recommend you join Twitter immediately because there are a lot of things going on that I'm sure you'd be very interested in. I'll, I'll buy another bag of SIM cards from the shop. <laughs> <laughs> going, down the, going down the sweet shop to get a bag of penny SIM cards. Be sure you work out, be sure you work out your opinion of Gary Lineker before you join because Twitter will ask you as part of the sign-up process. <laughs> Hi, so crypto, um, I think the the fucking big headline is that, was it FTX? FTX, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just yeah. Shit the bed. Amongst others. Absolutely fucked it. But I mean it's been a it's been a real sort of back half of a roller coaster year for crypto. 
I mean, it was the front half was also shit. Like, it was, uh, um, uh, I think in April, was it, that the first round of them, like, imploded, and then FTX, like, came to their rescue and invested in all of them, and then FTX fell over? I keep I keep getting recommended in my YouTube recommendations because uh, my my YouTube recommendations are poisoned by this podcast. Um, an interview <laughs> by uh, Bankman Freed where he, uh, scare quotes, accidentally describes a Ponzi scheme. Oh yeah, that's the one. Uh, that's the one he did for money stuff. That's the interview with Matt Levine where he says, "Yeah, uh, we, we we take a money bunch of money and we put it in a black box, and then other investors pay that money back with a little on top." And it's like that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that these guys called their chat group "wire fraud," you know, just like yeah, straight out. That, well, I mean, the guy used to, the guy apparently used to play League of Legends during meetings. Yeah. So he's clearly like a fucking intellectual titan. No, this was fucking this was fucking incredible scenes. He 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 specifically did it like during the uh, uh, investment call with like a new round of investors who ended up putting like hundreds of millions into the company. Because halfway through the call, they realized that like he was playing League of Legends as well as just chatting shit. And instead of just being fucking horrified, they were like, "Wow, he can say all these words that make no sense and play League of Legends very badly." Wow, we must just put all our money into him. Yeah, the, my, my favorite thing about the League of Legends connection is that like FTX sponsored League of Legends, and then when they went bust, like Riot Games is now suing them for reputational damage, but also <laughs> looking for another crypto investor to like take up the sponsorship <laughs> because fucking like do you know what I mean? Learning lessons is for chumps. <laughs> The, the thing that I've taken from all this this League of Legends stuff is that if you, like, if there are any, like, Series A series investors who want to put, like, a couple million to this podcast, you can come on our Twitch and we will chat shit and do a game. And then you will be so impressed by us that you will give us millions and millions of dollars for no reason yeah, if whatsoever. You, if, you, uh, if you give us bits, maybe a drop will play. It'll be very exciting to find out. I, I'm, yeah. very, I, I'm very much looking forward to plummeting down an elevator hole in Elden Ring while talking enthusiastically about investment opportunities on the pod like yeah this this feels extremely on brand for us now if bill gates gives us like a million quid each we'll we'll form a five-man team and play league of legends ranked <laughs> i think you mean four man because you a jamie immediately getting banned after getting into <laughs> local chat <laughs> I, don't know, I don't i don't see jamie being that toxic though i will admit i have never played league of legends so that would be an interesting experience the best part of it is when you're really toxic in chat <laughs> <laughs> yeah i stand corrected okay yeah i, I uh, play on the american servers and uh, my fucking username is sensible gun law and you would not believe how <laughs> fucking furious that makes people <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the latest thing, by the way, I don't know if you saw it today, that apparently FTX is trying to, like, you know that they, they donated like a ton of money to, like, Democrats and Republicans to get, like, crypto-friendly laws passed? Well, they're, mm -hmm. they're now trying to, like, claw back all the political donations, saying, well, we didn't agree to this, so Democrats, maybe have our money back, please? <laughs> um... Yeah, like, I, to be honest, I'm, I'm just convinced at this point that the dude in charge has absolutely no idea how anything works at all. Because literally the day he got arrested, he was talking about how he was like, oh, I don't think they'll arrest me, as he's sitting in a country with US extradition. Yeah, like on the he's, same he's a crypto day, guy. 
Like, yeah. obviously, he doesn't understand how anything works. What are you going to do? Stab me, says Guy, just before getting stabbed. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> On the other hand, I did think Meta with the uh, like the Metaverse and the 30 billion legs was a very strong contender this year as well. <laughs> 30 like a, billion yeah. legs. <laughs> Yeah. Like a continuous just hole of money where Mark Zuckerberg is just trying to become the god emperor of a place that literally nobody wants to fucking be in. Just uh, just briefly, sorry, just black hand with the crypto. Um, did you know that NFTs peaked in January this year? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it feels like it was only yesterday. <laughs> the, the average value um, now of an NFT compared to then is that... 0.047%. Nice. You love to see it. You really do. It's going well. Surely that's been dragged up by a 0.04 on account of Trump's NFT. I was just about to say, like, it's the perfect time to enter the market if you, like, fucking, do you know what I mean? If you've done a bunch of NFTs of yourself dressed up. Yeah, the man knows his deals and knows the time done, for deals. If you've done Donald Trump cosplay NFTs, the the market's just wide open for you to like get in there and conquer that shit. I am David. However, I am going to counter your um, NFT valuation by uh, offering you the year-to-date Meta Platforms Inc. stock price: negative sixty-four point one three percent. Well, that's yeah. that's. What happens when you reveal like a, a, a fucking first look at your like future of computing style universe, and it looks like a fucking one of those guys that you make on a on a Wii, you know, stood in front <laughs> yeah. of the shittest like landmarks you've ever seen in a green void. <laughs> it's like it's like someone's first Unity game in two thousand and seven or something like that, you know. Just it reminded me of the first Sims, in terms of like the depth of the first Sims expression. had houses though. They didn't have to live in a fucking giant void with just the Eiffel Tower in the background. They also had legs. Yeah. Day one legs, unbelievable. Yeah, God forgive me for coming to the defense of this, but the fucking, the the Sims had art direction, something that is like strikingly lacking from anything to do with the metaverse. And an absolutely banging like soundtrack for the uh, buying stuff menu. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. It's okay though because Meta like pretended to have legs like and, and updated the fucking number of polygons in response to the the global ridicule that Matt Z- uh, Mark Zuckerberg somehow didn't see coming. And yet, and yet, <laughs> and yet, no drop shadow underneath them, which is just like basic stuff. My my favorite bit of all of this is that like um, is that internal memo that got leaked to the the FT where like some high ranking executives were like we demand that everybody in Meta like on the Meta teams uses Meta at least once a week for meetings. It's like they couldn't even get their own people to use that fucking shit. Yeah, because it's it's like oh right you know what I mean we've made like fucking like Second Life or VR chat but you're not allowed to wank. It's like, well, that's what people use it for, you know? Yeah, that's like the like Homer Simpson with the little mini it. oven in the car. You shouldn't use that while you're driving. That's why I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why would you want to have a meeting? In meetings are annoying enough anyway. Like people hate fucking Zoom calls. How are they improved by you have to like fucking put on a headset <laughs> and get eye strain and motion sickness? <laughs> Love to love to get motion sickness sitting in a virtual office space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I mean, speak, uh, uh, speaking of which, I'm fairly sure I read somewhere that, like, uh, you can visit the Donna Mifflin office inside the Metaverse house. You can go oh, to the office me. of the Run office. Jesus. <laughs> America's favorite office building. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What's, what I think is going to be fun, the, the one thing that's going to be fun with the Metaverse, if it ever fucking survives, <laughs> is when they open up the ability yes. for people... Yeah. When they open up the ability for people to, like, create their own, like, you know, you create, like, a shirt for someone to wear in the metaverse mm-hmm. and you get, like, 2% of the proceeds when they buy it with meta coins or what, what fucking ever. And people can just do, like, shirts with the most, like, fucking, like, with patterns on that just crash, like, your fucking VR headset somehow or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Color like pack slash drop tables on my shirt yeah. seems to be. <laughs> yeah, just like fucking. Do you know what I mean? The 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 texture for the for you for your guy's hat has a fucking buffer overflow encoded in it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, who I'm was going. The, who was the dickhead that was like, "Oh, here has anyone considered that you could just like put a bomb in this VR headset?" Oh yeah, oh, that, was, that guy. It's like if you die in the game, you die in real life. That was yeah. one of the guys that invented the Oculus, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was a like a gimmick thing, like yeah, art piece, yeah. It's I fucking hate tech people. Gimmick I mean, thing or very funny achievement in the Hitman <laughs> meta level. <laughs> should should we talk about Twitter a little bit? Oh, yeah. Uh. What do the notes? What do the notes say for this one? Most divorced cunt on earth coming through. I think it was. Yeah, that is <laughs> yeah. what it says. <laughs> it is impressive seeing someone speed run uh, just the most asinine, like business acumen thought process that's ever been known to like it's yeah. so good i love it I just, so I'm, fucking much i just I'm, like, I'm really sitting here waiting for him to just get into the ring and get punched in the face by yui ball that's like gonna make it all worthwhile frankly <laughs> <laughs> i mean it is i mean whenever whenever musk does something it literally is like low tax writ large it's incredible mm. G- give give you know, low tax should have been given billions and billions of dollars because <laughs> no, <laughs> I swear Think to God, of the cookies ha- though. Yeah, I was going to say building a cookie you can see from the moon. <laughs> <laughs> it is fucking weird that Richard Lotas Kianka is the fucking like hauntology of Elon Musk. Like all our dead futures have come back again, and they've got the South African accent. Just wonderful. <laughs> South African Lotax is a powerful bit. <laughs> <laughs> It's not even a bit, though. It's real. It's him. Yeah, but I, I, we shouldn't lean too hard on the low tax comparison until the cunt shoots himself. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Also, you shouldn't lean too hard run. on the low tax comparison in case Elon's spine is weak as well. Yeah, it's also, like, uh, to be fair, it is actually unfair on low tax because low tax was occasionally funny. So, you know, if, if he you was like, not a bit slanderous. You do not got to hand it to him, though. You do not. No, no, you don't. It's all right. Fuck him, he's dead. Um, anyway. So what do we think? I think we've spent enough time on this. Like, I mean, Twitter fucking speaks for itself, and we'll, I'm sure Elon Musk will turn up in another future fucking award. Yeah. So, so is just is this just the worst tech award, basically? Who fucked it the most? Yeah, biggest biggest fiasco. Oh, it's, well, I'm mean, gonna rule out crypto. Meta. Crypto is a more widespread fiasco, but Meta mm. is a very big but very concentrated fiasco. And Twitter, I, I feel like, is in its sort of. It's not in its end game of absolutely crashing to earth. So I'm tempted to say crypto, 
myself. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go um, for crypto because like it, it 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 is my fervent yet probably vain hope that this is like some kind of that this is like a terminal decline. Like it probably won't be, but I really hope it is because it's just in every single possible way atrocious, and I just wish for it to die. I mean, I think you've you've got to the point that I was heading towards Alistair, but you've gone by a different route, because I'd have ruled out Meta by saying that while it's all good and well that it's a massive fuck-up, it's a very concentrated and almost kind of traditional tech fuck-up in many ways, where it's yeah. like, you know, it's, it's not got the sheer drama and just, like, catastrophe on a technological level, like Twitter <laughs> your, or crypto. Your reach exceeds your grasp, but you're trying to get to a hot oven. <laughs> but yeah but no i think it's, it's probably crypto right and i'm with rob on this it's probably not dead but i wish it fucking was um it's kind of you know like it, it, it's not just the fact that crypto is doing all this damage it's not just the fact that ftx is like falling over it's not just the fact that you know tether and all the rest of them are not long for this world it's also just the fucking cadre of absolute cunts that go along with it you know, because yes. you've got crypto, it's the same people who do, like, AI art, who do, like, you know, all that other, oh, daddy Elon Musk. Oh, honestly, like, here's the thing. Crypto basically is like a circle and Twitter is like almost a subset of it in terms of the kind of guy that goes with it. So I think it's got to be crypto. Yeah. Hopefully next year it'll be meta when that just completely implodes <laughs> and hits the toilet. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I want to say Twitter, but I think another, like, Fortnite has to pass. Um, before I'm going to be able to actually like qualifiedly say that, so yeah, at the moment crypto. That's, a, that's very generous. That long dated. Yeah. Also, I'm going to oh, be yeah, slightly yeah. sad when it's Twitter because it, whilst it is an appalling website, it is also a lot of fun. It's fine. I'm quite happy to just go back to small time forum posting. <laughs> Jamie, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm happy to go. I'm happy to go with crypto. All right then. Well, that's crypto. So oh, you got a resounding fucking win for crypto in the Twitter. Yeah, why there? A resounding win for crypto in the Y22K award. Bankman Free can expect his praxis in the mail. Yes. <laughs> um, one FBI plaza. <laughs> Care of Bahamas, yes. <laughs> All right, so our next category is... Um, <laughs> it's the Golden Worm Award for worst spice posting of the year. Uh, the, the first uh, contender is uh, Paul Mason, um, this is part of a long-running series where um, he says that the left, undefined of course, uh, can and should be the main uh, authors of overthrowing uh, the Putin's regime in Russia. So this uh. is, there can only be one outcome to central bank seizure sanctions, the overthrow of Putin by the Russian people. Don't walk back on it, it is the logical outcome. Anti-oligarchic revolt in Russia, exclamation mark several times. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Anarchist Battalions are on it, so no worries there, Rob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sergeant James is currently posting from the front line, yeah. Um, the second uh, uh, possible candidate for uh, the Golden Worm, uh, Paul Mason. Starmer is haunting every Tory candidate. Remember when you remember that when you diss the people who campaigned to make him leader. <laughs> There's a spectre haunting Europe. Which uh, which people is that exactly? Uh, uh, him. It's him. He's saying yeah. don't don't mess with don't mess with the Mason because. Uh. <laughs> uh, 
the third candidate here for the Golden Worm Award is uh, Paul Mason. Uh, on This is, remember when Liz Trust did that round of um, local radio interviews and just absolutely imploded on contact with everybody, with every single one of them? It's mm-hmm. Operation Rolling Partridge, exclamation marks. Liz Truss is going to hit the BBC local radio stations this morning where a bunch of sleep-deprived non-expert presenters will throw her soft questions while she dodges the heavy hitters. <laughs> well, he fucked it there, didn't he? Master of prognostication. Just love yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> and also, like, fuck you, Paul. Like, the who, who the fuck are the heavy hitters? Robert Peston, I'm assuming he counts himself among it. You know, it's like those people were the first people I saw in a long time who actually asked, him some, uh, asked her some hard fucking questions. Like, yeah, fuck because you. they were they, inside us. Have they ever invited someone to Athens to watch them shit in a fountain? <laughs> <laughs> All right, the fourth candidate for uh, the Golden Worm is Paul Mason. Labour making a big push for recall of Parliament. I'm floating it here. What if they offered a confidence and supply to Sunak for an interim period to cancel the clusterfuck budget? <sighs> yeah, just mind, mind God. <laughs> Tweets at Twitter act. Able to bend space <laughs> and time purely through posting. Yeah, what if we did those things, Paul? Um, yeah, what if? The, this is in response to Jeremy Cor- Corbyn uh, calling for a uh, ceasefire in the Ukraine. Um, Paul Mason, I'm proud that this position has no support within the PLP and has been th- defeated throughout the British Labour movement. British Labour yes. stands with Ukraine and the trade unions are preparing to send more vehicles slash kit to the fighters as we speak. To which I would like to ask, I did not know trade unions could send armoured vehicles. Yeah. When yeah, did, when did you become fucking paramilitary trade unions? When did this happen and why have I not been involved in this process? Around about the same time the anarchists took up their battalions. Like, I've been receiving materiel from Jordan, oh, I'll have yeah. you know. <laughs> oh, it's just fucking incredible scenes, honestly. Like, what's wrong with him? Uh, and he finally, says, this- like, the trade unions are sending vehicles and kits, like cherry pickers and hard hats. <laughs> Oh, I just like if if trade unions really did have that level of like military supply, they could they could send people. Why the fuck aren't they just using it to just like win their their dispute their disputes with you know with the rail with the rail companies or with the NHS or with literally anybody? If we had that kind of level of you know, for for my next act of solidarity with the trade union movement, I'm going to donate this uh, this tank. I'm hearing it's. Uh Oh, it can't it can't reverse. Um, <laughs> more of this story as it develops. Do you know actually there's a very good chance that your local posties van is more effective as a tank than the fucking Ajax is, so maybe he's onto something. <laughs> and the, lo- the the last candidate is once again Paul Mason. Uh, this time not a quote so much as him getting long listed twice, first for Stratford and Urmston, uh, near Manchester, and then for Sheffield Centrum and eating shit both times. <laughs> Oh, we're keeping that in. I can't be asked to do this shit again. (laughs) Sheffield Zentrum. (laughs) Rob's been spending too much time on the front lines with me. He's starting to pick up the accent. (laughs) Right. I gotta say, I I think it's. um, 
I think it's probably the fucking uh, either Paul Mason. Yeah, but it's either the um, recall Parliament and offer confidence and supply to Sunak, or the fucking local radio thing. Yeah, <sighs> I don't it's got to Paul... be the local radio one. It's got <gasps> to be. Paul Mason is facing stiff competition from Paul Mason. Uh, <laughs> and I Paul Mason in the lead, flanked on the right by <laughs> Paul Mason. Paul Mason could never flank Paul Mason from the right. <laughs> <laughs> it's Paul Mason with the steel chair. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's probably Operation Rolling Partridge, to be honest, because that's just, I mean, what more of an explicit demonstration of his prowess do you need? I mean, Paul Mason would need to bring his own steel chair because he's never going to get a seat in Parliament. <laughs> hey. I don't know. I am also kind of partial to the uh, trade union sending uh, military vehicles because that's just star material at any price. But <laughs> it's, the man's had a fucking incredible year. I will say that, like, just fucking incredible scenes. I think I think I'm going to go with the radio, with the radio bit because yeah, like. <laughs> How do you spend this much time, like plugged into like the Labour Party machine, and not realise that the you know the big talking heads of our country are just absolute no nothing yes men? But and also like, how fucking dare you be that fucking insulting to people who genuinely from that day those interviews do their fucking jobs, unlike you, Paul fucking Mason? Like incredible, really. Yeah, of all the people who fucking cast aspersions at journalists. Paul Mason's not it. And we didn't even talk about his flowchart. I, I refuse to oh, accept no, that we that didn't. was this year. It, it, that was this year. It can't that be. was like only a few months ago. Fuck off. <laughs> it was decades ago. <laughs> a surprise entrance from Paul Mason. <laughs> with, with the really weird racist flowchart. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, well. Anyway, well done, Paul. Um, Finally down. winning something. Yeah, presumably you'll be back next year to claim this prize again. <laughs> All right, then. Next up, we have the Butlerian Award for Best Technology. <laughs> so, first up, Neuralink, the monkey-killing brain chip. Yeah. We haven't really talked about this yet, and I went digging to see what it could do. I went to the official website, and oh, it well, was you very... found out what it can do, then. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, what they want it to do, they haven't told us they can do it. Um, yeah. The first step is apparently, and this is just the stuff on the website, is they want it to be able to point a cursor. You want it to be able to point a cursor with your brain, and that's that's the point of it at the start. That's technology that already exists. I was going to say, like, I've, I'm pretty sure I've seen that on Tomorrow's World in like the fucking nineties <laughs> or some shit. <laughs> yeah, but this will be flawless, presumably. But it's like, I, I can see the use case for that. But I thought, I know I've heard of insane, just absolutely balls to the wall, incredible fucking claims about what this can do. So I went looking and I very quickly found an article um, where someone had interviewed an engineer. Has Elon Musk at any point claimed that it's like unbreakable and then someone put a brick through his skull? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Um no, they, they interviewed an engineer from Neuralink and asked, like, what what, what do you intend to do with it? What, what do you intend to make it do? Oh, this is, this is going to be fucking this immense. This is going to be incredible. So, I already... I, I've ordered them, like, in an in in um, ascending order of madness. So first step is visual prosthesis. Uh-huh. All right, medical right. application. Right. Okay. Glasses. Okay, sure, why not? Fuck it. 
Um, the second, the second one was oscilloscope. What? What? To hey. to to read read brain waves, etc. I think we can already do, but they they can probably do it better if it's inside the brain. I but assume the skull why? creates interference. It's it's literally it's literally just Elon heard about doing vibe checks and misunderstood what it meant. <laughs> Step three is disease prediction. Uh-huh. Well, presumably, you've already got to have uh, some kind of mind disease to get one of these installed. So well, yeah. I was just going to okay. say, like, it, it, it's a fairly good indicator for like uh, brain damage. I would assume the next one is eliminate pain, which <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I feel sounds a bit like that's coming from a personal place. That one eliminate <laughs> pain yeah. kills you in thirty seconds or less. <laughs> I just, I just like to imagine the nukes your money back. Fl- the nukes start flying, and David goes, "Yes, it's time," and starts drilling a hole in his skull to install the Neuralink. Just like Japanning yeah, myself, for Elon Musk. That's so good. Next up, we have consciousness through the lens of physics. What? Yeah. <laughs> in this article, I will. Um, hang on, I've still got the what? article up. Um, that one was. Um, one researcher expressed his wish to understand the nature of consciousness. Quote, there's a lot of very silly philosophy that's been written about over the last thousand years, he added. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. But I think that we've been very limited by the tools and our ability to interrogate. And as we measure the brain, these tools get better. It will put into the realm of physics, and it's really one of the last the big, great mysteries in science. It's the realm get of physics. to fuck. Fucking stem bros, man. Yeah. Next up. Oh, is, can I predict the next one? Is it going to be biodiversity through the window of chemistry? <laughs> <laughs> no, the next one is solve mental illness. What, for X? Oh, I, 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 love, I love the idea of just getting the Neuralink installed and then having Elon Musk or one of his like you know lab technicians reach into my head and rearrange it like a Rubik's Cube and suddenly I don't, you know, no depression anymore. Fantastic. Love this. Oh, here's, here's a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, but only if, you pay, only if you pay them $12 a month for Twitter Blue. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> One of the team members wants fear to be eliminated so that she can enjoy her rock climbing. However, wants fear to be eliminated. However, wait, wait, wait. Wait, however, what? however, Musk quickly suggested to her that some fear might still be useful. <laughs> what? Have, sure you, have you tried turning the fear switch off and on again? Wait, she she needed fear for rock climbing, and no, she no, didn't no, want no. the One chip the, in her brain. She, she, she wants no. She she likes the idea of the chip because it would eliminate fear, so that she would be able to more easily climb rocks. Right. Captain Musk, Captain Musk, surely you could just make the chip like tell you you were climbing rocks. My dude, have you <laughs> heard of cocaine? If it's directly wired into your brain, couldn't you just like this hallucinate is, a fucking rock climbing experience no, and then you wouldn't need to fear at all? This is this is Captain Musk, sir. I'm afraid of the Borg. Ah, that's okay, Data. Turn off your emotion chip. Ah, I'm fine now, Captain. It's like fucking Star Trek. Ow. But, ow, my brain. Wait. Oh, you just had a neuron yeah. implanted. But like, as a... Wait, so, like, I, whatever, put too much personal information, whatever. I do like a little bit of rock climbing in my own time. The fear is also sometimes a good thing because it tells you that, like, you're at a place that maybe you're not equipped to be in or that's, like, a bad idea or, like... Yeah, it's you, almost as if it's there for a reason. You, yeah. Oh, yeah, my but God. Also, also, there's the thrill of, like, overcoming that to climb the rock. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what if? What if you could remove all human emotion from it, and climbing rocks would just became a numbers game, and then you had to climb more rocks <laughs> than anyone else, <laughs> and that was how you measured like the enjoyment of your time. If, if what if yeah. what if this chip just put a progress bar in your brain, and then like you know what I mean? They could you could buy coins from like to to unlock more happiness or something like you go you go to like do your hobby and your, your, your Neuralink tells you you're out of crystals, would you like to buy a crystal pack from the fucking, like, in the, the inbuilt store? That's going to kill so many don't, people. Don't worry, I Rob, mean, it already is. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to kill so many people because, like, it's a fucking brain chip invented by a team of idiots. Like, <laughs> I've not even faced this actually, list, by the way. At no point is it ever actually going to eliminate fear. Like, yeah. Fucking Elon Musk really wants, like, really wanted to eliminate his fear so he can be the Batman. But like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Next up, unlocking hidden creativity. Wait, so even more podcasters? <laughs> We've had enough of podcasters. I know I have. No, it's just it, it's it's basically saying we want it to be able to simulate dropping a tab of acid, but not being able to straight up say that. Yeah. Have they, have they never heard of binaural beats? Come on, people. I have never heard of that. What fuck is that? Binaural Beats by Dre. Do you not remember no. this? It was, uh, oh, people fucking just posted about it and something awful. Um, it's like special tones that you can play and they, 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 they make you think you're on drugs. It's, 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 it's oh. mad. What's well, like the, right. the, the inverse of dance music? Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> what, what if the brown note, but it made you happy? <laughs> it's as sad as it sounds. It really is quite terrible. Next up, we have AI symbiosis. Oh, get to absolute fuck. Man, this whole thing is just Elon Musk did the helio sending in Deus Ex, and that's just, that's (laughs) it. It's it's charted the course forevermore. Is is AI symbiosis just me getting to fuck um, other people without legs? No, it's you have a thought and then like a fucking an AI trolls deviant art and steals like images related to that thought. <laughs> to, so you can picture it in your mind more clearly. Uh, um next up we have nostalgia on demand. Which is remembering things. <laughs> oh god. Fucking Christ. Oh, um, memories fade, they get replaced, edited through narratives. As years pile up, the original version is no longer there. Fuck so, off. Like, my, so my man it, just invented a photo album. Right, this one really gives away that they don't have the fucking clue what they're talking about, because your memories aren't, like, I hate to say this, but your memories aren't real. Your memories are continually re-hallucinated by your brain. Like, this is what the, you know, neuropsychology tells us about how we experience yeah, memory. but what if they weren't? <laughs> Facts don't care about your neurons. Yeah. <laughs> what if it was that one episode of Black Mirror? Oh, yeah. Yeah, what if? Yeah. So, Spooky. So, if, anyway. so everybody could just, the, like, get more Britain, essentially. How much? How much more is on this list? Does the torment nexus make an appearance? <laughs> uh, almost. Um, the final one, Robo- which is number two on the list, is just simply Robo's basilisk telepathy. <laughs> um, uh, according to one of the lead chip designers, telepathy can be the next frontier for Neuralink. He explained that it takes an incredible amount of effort to put thoughts into a set of words. These words are a compressed format 
of our immense thinking capabilities. Oh, shut Musk the fuck too, up! Musk too chimed in on this idea and added that the data rate of words is very low data oh. and we're putting a tremendous amount of mental energy into compressing the concepts and thoughts in our head into words. What? With Neuralink, one may actually send the true thoughts and communicate far better. Musk called this communication a non-linguistic, consent-consensual, conceptual telepathy. What? What? <laughs> I love to be within range of my like elderly elderly family and just hearing the N word <laughs> echoing in my mind over and over and over again. You wouldn't just hear it though. You would you would visualize the concept or some shit. Wait I, wait. So when I'm speaking, I'm I'm compressing the awesomeness into my brain into mere words. Whereas with this yeah. chip, I could like. What if what if your mouth was basically Winraw? Right. <laughs> That's the, fr- the next frontier for humanity to conquer. Have you paid for it? <laughs> How the fuck is like? Sending the mental image of a pizza and two cans of Coke. <laughs> these people, how are, how are these people real? Like, it's, it's, it's very How did simple. they manage to get out of their fucking houses in the morning and make it to a lab to, to do this sort of shit? It's just, are they, it's how just, are they not all just like stuck on a roundabout going in circles forever? It's, just, it's, it's more like simpler trapped than in a that. cupboard somewhere? It's, it's Elon Musk wants to invite you into his mind palace to fuck you. Like that, that's what this is. All right. So this is this is an incredible entry into the the Butlerian yeah. Award for best technology. What that's else good. do we have? Just just well, quickly just to round it off. Um, at the moment, they they're a bunch facing of a bunch of um, yeah, they're, they're facing a bunch of um, federal investigation shit over animal welfare violations. Um, they keep fucking up the experiments because they're in a rush to no. get it out, and because of that, they need to keep repeating the experiments. They're going killing more fucking animals. 1,500 animals have since been killed um, since 2018, including 280 sheep, pigs, and monkeys. That's a rough figure because they don't keep precise records of the number of animals yeah, well, tested I mean, it, and killed. It's not science, is it? Nah. <laughs> I mean, nah. you, were, you uh, eventually run out of room to tally, I suppose. Yeah, eventually. I mean, I'm, um, I'm really looking forward to, like, you know, Babe Pig in the City Part 3, where he just, like, develops uh, Lucy-like abilities, and at the end he just, like, do- a pig does, like, the, the the end of the world or some shit, because we've just made it too powerful. Quite frankly, I welcome it. It's the end doing that in the Perry Bible Fellowship, where they just summon the meteors. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just picturing, I'm picturing the end of Watchmen, but it's a pig annihilating Elon Musk. No, they're gonna get they're gonna get this thing done and implant it in Elon Musk, but then like the fucking science fiction like parable twist at the end is gonna be that his mind palace is actually a graveyard for all the monkeys he's murdered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so human trials begin in six months. Do they fuck us like? Getting the Neuralink installed but in Elon Musk simply so he can feel empathy. <laughs> um okay, next up is Neom the Lime. Yeah, the, the, the Lime the that goes fast. <clears throat> yeah, the, the imaginary city from Halo 3 or whatever the fuck um, that they're going to build in Saudi Arabia. Fucking to be excellent. fair, To be fair, the line is part of Neom, but Neom is not just the line. The, Neom is so much more than just the line. Yeah. Put that through your um, logic tables, folks. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it's going to be 110 miles long and 200 metres wide, which is fucking ridiculous. That's um, absolutely fucking insane, that. Like. I know. <laughs> Nine million people are going to live there, apparently. Um, 
and it'll be it'll be good because there won't be cars, which is true. It would be good if there weren't cars, um, but it'll be bad because of everything else. Now, call me old fashioned, but I thought one of the like benefits of cities generally being rather circular in nature is that it means that you have a lot of area across quite a small, you know, width. Ah. Build Therefore, up, stupid. Oh, am I, am I an idiot fucker moron again? Yes. You are, yes. Unfortunately, they're going to build up the way. Oh. So it's just going to be a giant fucking hollow wall in the desert. And yeah. people will oh, yeah, with, reflex, with, with mirrors on the outside. So like parts yeah. of the desert outside, it will be like um, when... What, just tumble to the fucking glass. Talking, just, yeah, just... Yeah. <laughs> Can we get one of uh, Elon Musk's physicists to calculate how big a bird would have to be to fly into that and knock it over? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, it's going to be the, the city of tomorrow, etc., etc. They have actually started building it, um, and by building it, I mean they have started moving some earth around. They so, dug a hole in the ground. That's all they've done so yeah, far. Yeah, there's a hole in the ground. I think there's like there's a provisional fucking airport there already to fill in for the main airport. Uh, they are going to have to contend. It's in the middle of the fucking desert. They need to contend with all the other shit they've already like completely failed to contend with for all their other desert projects, like... Um, What's that fucking? What's that city? The other, the other place that's already kind of there, but no one fucking lives there. Yeah, you mean the 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 Palm Desert, the Palm Island, or the that's, the world yeah, Island that's the one. The yeah, Jumeirah, yeah, that, that that's in the Emirates. Oh, mm. that's the Emirates, right? That's different. Yeah, no. that's the one where they need to um, like those huge convoys of just shit tankers, isn't there? Because they don't have any yes. actual like connection yeah. to the fucking main sewage system. Now the oh. other the other failed projects are all part of Neom. Like, that's the funny thing about it, because you got the line, right? But the line mm. is connecting other things, including Neon Bay, uh, which was meant to be the first thing, and it was meant to be completed by 2020. And I love the Wikipedia article for it, because it just says, needs update and tags afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, I keep getting fucking ads, also due to this fucking podcast, for um, the, new, <laughs> the new luxury uh, resort yacht harbour for Neon. Yep. Like, where yeah, I can you my get these ads, I'm going to point this out. It's only you that gets these ads. <laughs> but they, they were going to do Neon us. Bay, which was meant to be this big kind of settlement, and that's kind of fucked. They were going to do Neon Bay Airport as part of that. Um, again, completely fucked. They were going to do Neon Industrial City. That's partially built, um, which was meant to be an insane 200, 250 square kilometers of land, um, you know, devoted to essentially, you know, industrial technology of the future. Um they later renamed it to Oxagon for no apparent reasons. Uh, and then they discovered it's because they're going to shape it vaguely like an octagon. Um, and yeah, yeah just that's like, the new harbour. No, separate from the harbour. This is Neom Industrial City, now known as Oxagon. So Are you, you sure? Go. I'm fairly sure oct- oct- Octagon. Is it Oxagon or Octagon? Oxagon, <coughs> which they've named it that because. They really it's need gonna... to reconsider this name, if you ask oh, me. I know, right. It's causing it, it, confusion. Yeah. Rob's thinking of that other thing, but I can't remember what it was called. Because it's, Neon it's Octagon. It's, That's the new floating harbour thing also, because I get these well, fucking ads on Twitter. They should have called yeah. it Carbon Monoxagon. They also, I mean, related to that, they were going to do the Resort Island, um, Sindala Island, which was meant to be um, 1,100,000 cubic yards. I love the, like, changing measurements in this um, of a luxury resort, which was meant to be off the coast of Neon, with room to, you know, have an 86th berth uh, marina, 
um, which would be, yeah, interesting to say the least. I mean, my favourite, my absolute favourite, is an outdoor skiing village. Oh, what? A, an outdoor skiing village. Um, Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman launched the Trojena Project, which is just, mwah, love that name, Trojena, um, which will be the first major outdoor skiing destination in the Arabian Peninsula. It will be located. With the first. <laughs> yeah, right. It will be located in Saudi Arabia's highest mountain range, about fifty kilometers from the uh, Gulf of Aqaba um, coastline, with elevations ranging from one thousand five hundred to two thousand six hundred meters. Um, yeah, so there you go. Ski I've just looked it up. In the Oxygen, Oxygen is the um, the floating eight sided city. Then why Wikipedia has it down as being the Neom industrial city? Maybe it's both. It would have just been silly if there was a giant fucking octagon sticking out the line at some point, wouldn't it? Oh my god, it is both. They've made them... Yeah. Oh, wow, this is nuts. I've just seen the actual concept art for it. Live podcast reacts. They've, they've, taken, they've taken these separate concepts and they've jammed them both together and said, this is what it'll look like. And uh, no notes as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to their airport shaped like a rhomboid or whatever the fuck is next. Rhomboid. <laughs> 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 oh dear. Um, do, do we need to say anything else with Neom? Like it's just fucking ridiculous in all ways. And yeah, shit. It's, it's just where have, money goes to die. What I will mention is that uh, they're having a, a Grand Prix there in 2025. <laughs> Surely that's just a drag race. Yeah, it's going to be a, like a 160 fucking mile drag race basically incredible with oh, one corner quite right how at the end. if they don't have they don't have a road through the middle of it because no cars i i think you're you're approaching this from a place of negativity uh, jamie cars just flying through cars just flying through people's sitting rooms no no, no i've got <laughs> it right so what they do is they tilt the city they 90 degrees on, the roof. on its axis yeah, they just put them on the roof and just like drag along the top of it Oh, could you, it would be so cool to just be like to watch like a like a massive drag race across like the world's biggest mirror. Yeah, maybe it's a maybe it's a stunt race, and we just like have a ramp up onto it, and we just like wall run the entire length of the damn thing. Just been playing too much Grand Theft Auto Five. If they don't finish it in time, the the glare of the sun will just fucking kill them. <laughs> anyway, that's that's Neom. Um, last contender for the. The book leading award um, is it's a lifetime achievement award. This one, the F thirty five, which you know the, the reason we've included this is because <laughs> because it is just because, keeps um, being incredible. <laughs> yeah, it just it just keeps happening. I warned you about the F thirty five, bro. The bane of pilots everywhere. We've there, there was a, an article um, that I found with the headline. Um, DOD to start test of F-35 helmet that won't kill lighter pilots on ejection. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's so good. Yeah, if you weren't hench enough, it'd just, like, fucking crush your skull. Yeah, small yeah, pilot much, yeah. only. <laughs> yeah, if you, were, if you were to eject and if you weighed under um, 136 pounds, then uh, Tammy Craps would kill you in your sleep. <laughs> I think it was so, a, yeah. it impacted the vertebrae of their necks into each other. Um, Pretty much. Which, and what, what's worse is they discovered that uh, you could use it if you were hench enough, but unfortunately you couldn't use it twice if you were hench enough. Guess how we discovered <laughs> that one? That's how yeah. much they short, it shortened you by. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> 
by twice. Um, yeah. So, so far, um, I have had a look. I, this, these might not be accurate figures, but take these as minimum figures. It's funnier if you take them as minimum figures. Um, there have been six write-offs so far of these planes. The uh, cost of these planes, um, if it's an F-35A, it costs $110.3 million. Uh, $135.8 million if it's an F-35B, which is the special one that the Marines wanted that takes off vertically. And Is that the one that we saw that video of the other day? Yes, yes. Where the guy couldn't land um, it and he ejected yeah. from like six feet off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, did he eject. I hope he was heavy. <laughs> Presumably he was hench enough to survive it. Yeah, I, I hope, I hope he was packing a wingsuit underneath all that gear. Um, yeah, $117 million for the, the Navy one, which is the one that you launch with the catapults. So that's a lot of money. Um... But why why does it why does it qualify for this? Well, like I say, six of them have been fucking written off so far. Um, none of them in combat, so that's a good start. Uh, the the issues, some of which I don't have all of them because some of them are still fucking like classified, and others I just couldn't find. But what I have is flying too fast uh, still makes the special paint come off it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's got a special like stealth are you, paint are you sure covering. This isn't um, like, are you are you sure this isn't like the Road Runner where essentially just like a yeah. cloud in your yeah. <laughs> it's Lily Tin shit. Uh, David, uh, yeah. I'm disappointed that you didn't do a World of Tanks forum um, declassifying of classified information <laughs> about this jet. Yeah. Oh, does it, David? Speaking of a paint, does it still have that problem where if it rains, the paint will run? That I'm not sure about. I couldn't find anything about that that was recent, so I think they might have fixed that one. Um, they that have fixed, fixed some issues with it. That was that right. the paint dry. They fixed <laughs> it by laminating the plane. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's dead simple. We just gave it two coats. Yeah. Um, so if if it sustains supersonic speeds for, for too long, then the, the stealth covering will just fucking come off and reveal its position to the enemy, which is great. Um, it makes your so sinuses... Good explode a little bit um, if you're flying it because the, the air pressure in the cockpit spikes which causes loss of in-flight situational awareness with effects lasting for months. So that that's cool. That, um, I think that's, if it lasts for months it's classified as chronic loss of in-flight situational awareness. <laughs> uh, pilots can't see anything at night uh, because the display in the helmet is like too bright and just completely obscures their vision. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. It's simple. This... We attack during the day. <laughs> the sky Tesla. <laughs> um, there are seven uh, overall, I think, classified, but from whatever fucking amount we may know about, um, critical technical deficiencies, which is down from 11 uh, as reported in January of this year. So they are doing better. Leave them alone. Uh, but all of these critical technical deficiencies have critical impact on mission readiness, which sounds I fucking fine. Think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, just another bit on the cost of these things as well. It costs thirty six thousand dollars an hour to fly when you take all the maintenance costs Unreal. into account. So each plane, after those initial purchase costs, um. So, well, they may include some maintenance costs, but either way, it's ridiculous fucking money we're talking about, so the numbers don't really matter. $7.8 million per plane per year. Apparently, the uh, US Air Force has a, an affordability amount of like three point something million. So, I that's the hardest part great. to believe about this, that they've got an affordability limit. 
<laughs> the department the Department of Defense enabled parental controls so they can't get too many microtransactions. <laughs> so, oh. Damn, I can't buy my critical DLC for this plane mid-flight. <laughs> Phoning up Boeing or Raytheon or whichever one it is to try and return the, uh, you know, pilot-killing DLC. So who do we reckon wins the Butley Arena Award? It's got to be we, that fucking chip. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so but, good. <laughs> in in honor of the man's name, it's got to be that. It's got to be the the chip that kills apes. <laughs> I love it so much. That chip is the best thing. Like, I can't wait for like the singularity to occur inside my brain when finally I'm no longer bound by these words. I hate them. I hate the words. It is nice to think that Elon Musk has two reasons to say all my apes gone. <laughs> uh, I think I think it's gonna it's gonna be the chip this year, but I'm gonna make a prediction that Neom might take it next year. I'm expecting Maybe. great things to not come from Neom next year. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely think it's the fucking brain chip. Like it's got to be. It has to. Yeah. Be. All right. Okay, that's pretty unanimous then. So our next award is the Robert Peston Memorial Award for noticing, just noticing things, just odd. noticing things. Not, not. Sorry, that's odd. Odd. <laughs> <laughs> what could it mean? <laughs> and now you might you might be thinking that surely surely this by name should go to Robert Peston, but no, we've we've moved on, we've matured. There's a greater you know, like the second generation of notices has come up, and we have quite a, a, a whole stack of them for you to consider. So much so that yeah. we've each individually taken some time to dig into them. So yeah, Rob, is it you're Rob, leading off? Robert Peston has essentially prestiged this class, so he can no longer take part. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So first up is uh, Janan Ganesh, who is more of an opinion writer at the FT, and uh, would have appeared, I think, several times on this podcast had other people not surpassed him because he is a banger of an idiot. Um, he is also a uh, Tory think tank uh, little little weasel and briefcase guy. I think he wrote for the Economist first until before he moved to the uh, FT. Um, so just a few of his uh, his hits this year. Um, immigration is religion's last best prayer in England. Muslims and West African Christians are among those bucking the native trend towards secularization. <laughs> So this is the pro-immigration argument oh. because we need to be a religious society, which is, to be fair, that's a new one. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's a bold take on a, an old favourite. Yeah, uh, he also wrote. I mean, it's in- better than it's better than the usual one, which is that we need to like mount a gun like emplacement at every airport because like the <laughs> because of the Muslimic ray guns. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, another hit from his uh, article entitled A Lament for the Age of Apathy. The growth of political engagement doesn't make for better governance or for more interesting conversations. Oh, for fuck's sake. Because that's this what's is important, where, isn't it? It's, it's the conversations yeah. at the cocktail party. No, no, yeah. he, it, it, the argument literally goes Friends was a better show because there was never any politics in it. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, oh, he's coming out swinging. Um, this is uh, from a piece about he says uh, we shouldn't romanticize the global south and we can stop doing that now because some of those countries agree with Russia Um, with luck (laughs) 
With luck, the war in Ukraine will be a clarifying moment. Decolonization, apartheid, live aid, drop the debt. Western liberals have been able to live a human lifetime without going against the global south on a large moral question. Well, you hear me here, the global south, your time is up. Uh, oh, and one final bit, one, yeah. just so just to get one more flavor of the man from a piece entitled "Who is Worse Company, the Left or the Right?" Both sides have become worse over time. There used to be such a creature as the urbane and even bohemian right winger brackets. William F. Buckley was the, at least one of these things. You could love Parsifal, Chassay Montrachet, as well as the Strategic Defense Initiative. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, so yeah, he died, I'm gonna he, be... that's my contender for the Robert Pesta Memorial Board. <laughs> that's that's a strong fucking thing. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure this will follow it, but we'll see. Um, coming back down to the world of just just seeing things, just seeing things. No no interesting commentary. Just seeing things and reporting on them. Just like if you will passing through things that are said to you. We've got Rachel Wearmouth who is uh well let me let we don't oh. just start with the title of one of her articles. <laughs> Why is Wes Streeting challenging the BMA? Just let that one sit oh. with you for a second. No, um, I don't want that to sit with me. I feel sick. My tummy <laughs> hurts. Well, here comes the subtitle. The Shadow Health Secretary is trying to find a middle ground on the NHS. Just, you know, just it's all very anodyne, just kind of easy. And, what? you know, you go, through the, you go through this article. On the surface, it seems a strange fight to pick. And then later, Labour cannot afford to lose its lead on the economy by making a slew of big-ticket spending promises at the next election, so becoming the voice of reform is a vital component of a winning strategy. But Streeting is in a tricky position internally. Some of his fellow frontbenchers are puzzled. Ah. Separately, his call for private hospitals to give vacant beds to NHS patients in order to clear COVID backlogs is, to some, logical. And these are just like scattered sentences, but honest to God, you could condense the article to just that paragraph that I've, I've yeah. got you there. That is, this is just what she does. She just asks mm -hmm. questions, she notices things, she asks questions, mm -hmm. and then she just comments on the things which are logical and, and sensible. And, you know, nowhere is this more clear than in her fawning, fawning article, which is an interview of Kia Starmer. Um, oh, God. Oh. This, uh, the subtitle for that article is As the Conservative Party unravels, Starmer is plotting a route to number 10. Is he the radical leader the country needs? No. <laughs> she, she very much loves to ask the question that you already know the answer to. Um, uh, well, I mean, just, and it's just, just need it's, to apply better, just loads of headlines to it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. right? You know? Um, but it's just, I'm going to read you a section from that article because I think this sums up everything you really need to know about how she approaches this. So, deep down in the article, it goes <clears throat> Earlier in the day, as part of a BBC News Round special, Starmer had taken questions about the cost of living crisis from a group of 10 and 11 year olds from Sharpel School in Bolton. The children nervously asked why families were using food banks and expressed their concerns over heating their homes and being unable to feed their pets. More than a third of Bolton's children live in poverty, and the pupils were enthusiastic about Starmer's proposal for a windfall tax on energy companies. Would he honour Jeremy Corbyn's pledge to halve the number of food banks within a year of being elected and eradicate them altogether within five? 
Uh, Corbyn lost the election, so we don't need to. We so we didn't get to put that into action. I would like to see a reduction in food banks. I applaud everyone who works in them and donates to them, but in the twenty first century, to have food banks is a sign of a mismanaged economy. Oh. <laughs> a sign of a mismanaged economy. Nothing to read into that. Also, he didn't <laughs> fucking answer the question. But um, yep. this just, you know, that doesn't get commented on. That doesn't get you know picked up by her. Um, she just continues on the very next paragraph. The most frequent criticism of a Labour leader is that he is uninspiring, too cautious, and even boring. When I ask Starmer to describe his approach to politics, he doesn't appear to see this as a flaw. People no. often say, where is the passion? The passion is in fixing the problems. What I don't like is people who speak passionately about a problem over and over again as they walk around it. He gives uh, an example. If we're going to have clean power by 2030, who do we need around the table and how are we going to do it? That's a real expression of passion rather than shouting on a soapbox. Oh, despite, despite everything I've just read you, it's a positive article about him. Oh yeah, and, of course, yeah. You know. Yeah, no, uh, it sounds uh, like someone, it's, it sounds like she's trying to polish him up, yeah. Yeah, and you know, I've got I've got other quotes from her. Um, logic might she loves she loves calling on logic. Logic might suggest that Labour's main task ahead of the next election is to prove the party can be trusted. But many within the party want Keir Starmer to win a mandate for change. And given the economy might start to improve at some point in the next two years, Sunak could begin to fill in the gaps left by Labour. If so, Starmer may find himself failing to hang on to his momentum. Oh, and so I, I put it to you: the reason she belongs God. on this list. The reason she belongs on this list is it's not so much that she's like perfected the art of adding spice to a bland dish. She doesn't do that. But rather, she's really good at redefining bland as being spicy. She's the sort of person who could sip a <laughs> cup of like room temperature milk and go, ooh, that's a bit sharp. Uh, and that's what she contributes, the journalist equivalent of that. Mm. Yeah, thanks. I hate it. <laughs> mm. Next on the list is uh, my wondrous entry into this category, who... In in light of James's uh, enlightening examples of uh, Rachel Wearmouth's journalism, seems like somewhat of a downgrade, because what who I've got for you to nominate for this award is Pippa Crera, who seems to have based her entire journalistic career over well at least over the last two or so years uh, solely and exclusively on the Partygate scandal. A scandal that we can all agree was the most important thing and significant thing that's happened in politics in the last two years. Yeah. Seismic. Also, I think you're making the word investigation do a lot of work there. Like, oh God, she does. Inside she, a Tory just gave her everything. Oh, absolutely. She, she is completely incapable of interrogating anything that she is fed. Like, just complete disinterest in why things might be the way they are. Um, for example, there was. Um, there was a, a Telegraph article that she uh, she quote tweeted. The, the Telegraph uh, article headline is uh, Woman who wrote uh, government COVID rules held boozy party during lockdown. To which she has quote tweeted it. Uh, this was head of the COVID task force. The government unit responsible for drawing up the restrictions we all lived under. Exploding head emoji. I cannot believe it. I cannot believe <laughs> that these paragons of virtue are not paragons of virtue. I'm so confused. Yes, it seems somewhat like she's completely either odd. Either, <laughs> yeah, indeed, odd. Mm -hmm. uh, completely like <laughs> oblivious to how the actual the people in this country with power actually behave. Because 
you know, shocked that members of and advisors to the government act like the rules don't apply to them because, I mean, let's be honest, 99% of the time they don't. They can just, you know, run roughshod over whatever rules they choose to. And for this to be a revelation to a journalist in 2022, a supposed journalist. Alistair, I've got to say, in this petting zoo of journalists we're visiting right now, this is a particularly <laughs> hand-fed journalist you've turned up for us. <laughs> I, Holy ge- shit. I mean, genuinely, I mean, I was, I was going through, like, her you know tweet history and it's and every single thing that she has you know reported on or responded to um with regards to like i mean particularly with regards to boris johnson and like covid slash party gay it is just here is a thing that has happened and i should not investigate this further here is the thing there you go and i'm gonna win a journalist of the of the year award because of it uh why, why, why is somebody handing me all these leaks and photos? I shan't be inquire any further. Mm-hmm. The other thing to remember is that there's no way that they sat on that they didn't know about this for that long. Like mm-hmm. they absolutely sat on this, mm. all of them collectively. Mm-hmm. They knew about it because I can guarantee you, Pippa Crerer was not the only journalist that knew about shit that was happening mm-hmm. in Number Ten because it's the leakiest fucking building in the country. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the other the other thing I found very notable was that uh, whenever whenever Pippa tweet, tweeted about Partygate, COVID, or just deaths in general, there was one single tweet that I found where she mentioned the number of people who were killed by the coat like essentially the management of covid and it wasn't even something she it wasn't a comment that she made it was a quote from somebody else that she was quoting verbatim <laughs> that was it that was the single mention in the last year of the people who were killed by the government's management of covid one person yeah, yeah, she's, she's not the covid correspondent she's the decorum correspondent yes i was literally about <laughs> to say that yeah. but uh, would you would you like to see what the british journalism review said of her Oh, no, but let's go. Our profession should ultimately be about only one thing, fearless truth-telling and truthful reporting, regardless of the consequences. She has shown how the job Mm. should be done and in the process played a major role in turning the mirror back into a paper of which its legendary campaigning boss, Hugh Cudlip, would be proud. Oh, I am so rock hard right now. (laughs) God damn. Wait, wait, wait. Was this from that press awards thing that was... uh, this was from. Was this from? This was from March. Uh, the British Journalism Review. Okay, because I was just remembering that the press awards, which were like last week, um, yes, had a a, a a category of like I think it was like energy correspondence and was it was sponsored by Octopus. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> bit on the nose that like. But yeah, oh. she is, she is basically the uh, the tube to the slop trough of the political goings on in this country and. By God, does she not alter the content of that whatsoever? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the other, the other thing I want, I want to make a note of is that um, it is, it is literally just endless tweets and articles of the government of the government said X, but experts slash opposition said Y, and like that's it. There's no uh, correlation of what, why these things are the way they are, and yeah, look, again, mm-hmm. the tube, the tube is completely unperturbed. That's that's for opinion writers though. Like that's that's for columnists to make the decisions about, not journalists. The job of the journalist is to stay inside and ask other people whether or not it's raining. I think that's how the saying goes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like you wouldn't want to put your uh, cushy job as a lobby journalist at risk, would you? 
you're being very unfair to these journalists because be perfectly honest, like the gate was closed over. It wasn't locked, but it was closed over. There's no way they could have revealed the story early. You know, they had to wait for the gate to be opened for them. That's how it works. Absolutely. That's how it should work. More to the point. And that's uh, that's uh, Pippa Crow, everyone. Hope you uh, hope you enjoyed her contributions to our journalistic class. What? Mm. <laughs> <coughs> who, who had um, who had the migrant counter? That was me. Um, oh, I didn't also. do a huge deep dive on him because his his, his stick is kind shit. of kind of one note, but yeah. uh, like fucking no less like repulsive for that. He just his Twitter bio actually says stands on cliff tops. Um, neglects to off. mention next neglects to mention wanking over dinghies as they sink. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he stands on cliff tops. He guards the nation's shores. Um, by just fucking like you know what I mean, cutting about on a fucking boat, filming people as they sink, and just just like emotionlessly parroting numbers from the government about how under siege we are. Um, I linked one of his tweets where he says like Boris Johnson says it's costing almost five million pounds a day to accommodate asylum seekers in hotels. Well, if Boris Johnson says it, it must be fucking true. Yeah, a like, world class this. Yeah, this is uh, this is Simon Jones from the BBC, by the way. Yeah, as, as, as if our listeners didn't already know. <laughs> frankly, God damn. Yeah, he's an absolute fucking. The weapon. tube is unperturbed, but also for some reason has a swastika painted over it. Weird. Hmm. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, if you if you'd like, I've got I've got another one who is a nice contrast with him because while he's obsessed with immigration, etc., um, we have we finally have a journalist who really is a fierce truth teller who really is someone who we can get behind and can applaud. I'm talking, mm. of course, about um, Emily Maitlis, who, as we all know, um, <sighs> is like the, the standard bearer of honest journalism in the UK. Um, she's been, you know, fated, fated after her long career in the BBC came to an end and she finally was let free and let loose. Um, she finally had the guts and the sheer gumption to take down how number 10 was corrupt and, you know, Brexit and the BBC chiefs are all kind of in tank for, you know, uh, the, the Conservatives' political uh, purposes. And it was really, it was quite monumental. It was a, it was a watershed moment that we all remember. Um you know, everyone knows where they were when Emily Mattis went on TV and talked about this at the Edinburgh TV Festival. Uh, and, oh, God. and Twitter yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Just, just yeah. like a wrapped in my seat. I think I was taking a dump. Well, yeah. I mean. Um, so she. <laughs> I mean, basically, yeah. Right. So Emily Mattis, uh, Maitlis, is, uh, is, she's an interesting figure for the simple reason that she correctly says, hey, look. The, the journalism class in the United Kingdom is fundamentally servile and broken, and it's not really properly reporting on stuff. And that's it. That's, that's all she says. There's no further comment. There's no further analysis. There's no further investigation of why. Or where there is, is kind of facile. Because she's, she's on a podcast, and God help me, I listened to it for this. Um, at, at that podcast yeah, you not took only a fucking bullet for this. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that podcast not only, like, you know, um, cost me minutes of my life, but it took minutes off the end of my life whilst listening to it as well. Oh, the the um, wonderful double, bo- double whammy podcast. Yeah. yeah, but if you think about it, it's less minutes that you might accidentally listen to it again now so until next year uh, fr- frankly if i had one of those counters and numbers on my wrists it would be like spiraling downward at an increasing pace while listening to it um so 
to give you an example of like their, their highlights, like they did a whole feature on uh, why won't the government create safe legal routes for immigration to end horror in the channel, which is an interesting question. Like to... baby's first introduction to the injustice of our immigration system. Okay. And their answer is the government cares too much about politics and money. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's I think that's answered that question once and for all. Checks out. I mean, yeah, oh, the, go. the government, if anyone, if anyone does, the government cares too much about politics. It's all they're fucking about, <laughs> you know what I mean? I know, right? Yeah. And money, money, like, you know, they should be about that, frankly. Um, but that's like, that's like the level of analysis that the podcast she's on and what she's doing these days. And uh, other than that, she just, again, like comes right up to the line of going, oh, look, this is a bit fucked up. What's the podcast called? I don't think... Oh, I do um, not fucking the, name that podcast. I've, I've unfollowed the other guy yeah, who, no, who was not, not too this. bad yeah, yeah. because all he does is tweet about his fucking podcast. I'm sick of it. <laughs> well, it's the news agents. <sighs> that is a have I got use for you joke if ever I've heard one, frankly. That, 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 that was the sound of people on a podcast called Podcasting as Praxis. Yes. Learning about the fucking podcast name. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off the news agents. But there's uh there's you know, so that's her shtick, that's everything she's got going on. But there are a couple of other little wrinkles. These are not really these don't contribute to her, you know, journalistic output, but I think they're just worth kind of giving for flavour. Um she once gave a tour of her home to Hello magazine. Just normal things, things that everyone can relate as, to. As you you do. Know? Yeah. Um she also insists on singing on the podcast from time to time. Um, but she's on. She just oh, sings. Oh, this is this, and... she's doing that Andrew Neil thing where they, where they do yeah. comedy bits. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we've we've yet yeah. to start no, our comedy bit pain. on this podcast, so <laughs> we will never have a comedy bit. Many field bits, but never a comedy bit. <laughs> and uh, and finally, it would appear that she's a turf uh, based on what she's been retweeting. Turf in the liberal uh, British media. I know, like it's impossible, oh. impossible to describe, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, she recently retweeted a tweet by Hadley Freeman about how, you know, J.K. Oh, Rowling's, like, women's shelter, you know, didn't deserve to be <sighs> getting criticism, and it proves that we're mis- a misogynistic society, yada, 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 you get it, you get it. Ah, uh, fuck off. All right. So, so, you know, that's it, that's the best, that's the high watermark. But if you'd like Excellent. a low watermark, if I yeah, could, go for it. If, you, if you'd like, yeah. like, the dregs, if you will, there's Matt Ford. The, oh, the puppet nonsense chief. <coughs> yeah. No, he is. Uh, well, he, no. He, 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 he transformed himself this year. He, he's now, he's writing like serious journalisms for the Times, I think. All right. Was the comedy not working out or something? <laughs> <laughs> he had a lot of time on his hands after the fucking TV show got cancelled. Yeah, after that fucking baby owned them. <laughs> so, like, let, let's let's wind back because I'm about to, I'm about to age you all terribly. Um because uh, did you you remember that sketch he did on uh, the the reboot of Spitting Image, which was Jess Phillips saying uh, "suck the milk from my big labour tits" and all that kind of oh. shit? Yeah, that was within the last year. That was after we did the last episode of the Praxis, so it counts, <sighs> motherfucker. <laughs> um, the the highlights of his Spitting Image run. Uh, fall within the purview of this, so uh, I'm just I just present for you 
all of his spitting image shit. Uh, it, particularly yeah. the Jess Phillips with a, a literal human vagina, um, you know, sculpted on the head of the, the puppet just for, you know, because subtext is a thing that Garth Marenghi is apparently quite good with. Um, it, it, would, it would take him too long to undress the puppets. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, of course, a, a year later, uh, Spitting Image has been cancelled by ITV, Aww. despite national need for political satire, says star Matt Ford. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, it'd be a wonderful. wonderful thing if someone started doing it. Mm. <laughs> But it's okay, he landed on his feet, he landed on his feet, he did get to do more satire. Um, you know, he changed the title of his latest stand-up show. Uh, previously, it had been Clowns to the Left of Me, Jokers to the Right. Uh, but he decided to change it to Goodbye Liz, because that's the kind of satire we need in this country. How, and how dare he have a go at our dead majesty? I know, right? And, uh, like, hot off the presses. Who? <laughs> Who goes to the Matt Ford comedy show? Rob is turning into an owl before our eyes. <laughs> yeah, so now, to, to, to cap it off, uh, he, did a com- he did what a comedy babies? show yesterday, guys, right? Um, and I'm about to answer that question, Rob. He did a comedy show yesterday called The Political Party. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, get it because it's a party, and uh, wouldn't you know? He had some he had some special faces on the show with him. Um, could you? Could, would you like to? Him. Oh, oh boy! I'm just gonna I'm just gonna drop a picture for you all, and we're gonna play oh, name that politician. So, would anyone like to like to maybe name some of the people on stage there with oh, Matt Ford? Oh boy, that's um, Yvette Cooper and um, fucking. Yep, Emily Thornberry and Yvette Cooper. And and Ed Balls all on stage with him, uh, yeah. So that, is that that's Starmer our... on the left on the guitar? Or does it just look that way? No, it just looks like him. I that did looks, check. That looks no. like Starmer crossed with the actor Kevin Eldon. Well, that's that's anyway. our boy Matt Ford, and yeah, he's he's technically a journalist because he's doing stuff in the Times. But honestly, I'm not going to inflict that on you. Just uh, this is who he is. You know who he is. Uh, that's your lot. Uh, right. So, who wins that this kills one? Me, right. Well, the last one, last one, surprise last minute entry. Ooh. Owen Jones. Owen Jones yeah. for being the Edmund Hillary of summiting the most heightened of contradictions. <laughs> like, is, is he I a just, contender I, or is this just like a separate award? Th- th- this, no, this is partially just me fucking beefing at the cunt. Um, <laughs> but he had, he had that video two weeks ago um, t- titled, OK, why I'm voting Labour brackets even if they hate me. <laughs> And he's been having since he posted that video a protracted meltdown where he will constantly get involved in the mentions of any small account that says, Why do you keep saying you're going to support Labour? Why are you going to vote Labour every time he posts about bad things that Labour does? Yeah, I have to. It's so fucking bad. I watched the video and it's completely fucking incoherent. Yeah. Like his argument doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever at the slightest analysis. He's got two separate arguments, one for the right and one for the left. And like when you put the two of them together, there's immediate contradictions between the two of them. It's it's Mm -hmm. fucking hopeless. He's doing the he's coming from the Ronald McDonald school of pleasing people. And that he's playing both sides so that he always comes out oh, on top. Oh, it's good to know that him and uh, West Street went to the same school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah, um, I, I don't have any particular fucking instances. Um, just go to, go to Twitter, search Owen Jones Labour, and you will find a million fucking violations. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to step up here. I'm actually going to be kind to Owen Jones, right? Fuck you. Um, Edith, yeah. yeah, right. But... but <laughs> 
This is for this is a Robert Peston Memorial Award for noticing. And while Owen Jones has many flaws, I don't think him like you know purposefully standing labour as hard as he is quite falls under the purview of this award. So I'm going to suggest yeah, that we disqualify him from this. See, now if it was just that, then it wouldn't. But the fact that he does actually fucking do regular posts, articles as well about the fact that Labour's shit and Starmer's shit and all of it's shit. All right, actually, you know what? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. No, I, I get is, you there now. There is noticing going on here. Yeah, no, there is noticing. You're right. You're right. Okay. Well, who do you I, think, I, mean, I, will, I, I think I'll consider him like a valid contender at the moment he says, what? <laughs> I'm going to Twitter right now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this is this is the big award of evening. So who do we think? I'm I'm my mind's going towards Rachel Weirmouth. I mean, like yeah, you know, her, her moniker of Rachel Keirmouth is something that uh, is always in the back of my mind whenever I see something from her. I'm torn between her and Pippa Creer. Um for for very similar reasons. Like they're just they're they're one note, they're fixed on one thing and it's different variations, but it feels like it's almost in sync. I genuinely find it hard to pick between them. Yeah, t- two flavours of the same almost like just glancing off the surface of noticing something. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with with, with Weirmouth because it's just so like the other one, what's her, uh, Pippa Creera is just really annoying in that sort of, you know, it, she has more of the odd thing, which is, which is how I'm, I'm, I'm basing this whole award, but, but she's just so clearly just like the worst type of just a hack, like just a hack journalist in the worst possible way. So yeah, so she gets it for me. Uh, I'm going to say Matt Ford, because <laughs> I fucking hate the cunt. David, David? Owen oh, Jones. Ooh. No, a, a split panel. I, we hate to see it. Yeah, I, mm. I think I, in that case, I'm going to have to come off the fence. I'm going to have to say it's uh, it's Rachel Wearmouth in my view. That's 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 a fair second, I think. Yeah. So uh, major, majority right. has it. Rachel Wearmouth, yeah. your uh, your practice in the mail. Which right. like, much like your latest edition of the Spectator will won't come until for weeks. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> now is about as good a time as any to maybe just stop what we're doing here and <laughs> maybe split this into fucking two parts because holy fuck, um, we're not even halfway through these fucking notes yet. So we will resume the awards in the new year. Um, you'll get it. It'll be on the free feed, so you do not need to pay for it or anything like that. Don't need to join the Patreon, but. If you haven't and would like to, we'd very much appreciate it. So please do um, patreon.com forward slash Praxis Cash. You'll get some bonus episodes there. We've had at least one episode come out. Um, we'll have another episode out uh, as a Christmas special uh, in which we watch a couple of Die Hards or Dies Hard. Um, so yeah, uh, join us in the Patreon for that. And also we have new merch just in time for you to have missed your Christmas shopping. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. You didn't get the yeah, we've got a new shirt um, celebrating one of the like internet age's foremost geniuses and also <laughs> vaguely tying into the Die Hard Patreon episode that we uh, just mentioned. Yeah, so um, it's tenuous at best, but it's there. Yeah, it's very niche. <laughs> you should buy it and wear it and people will ask you what it means. And then and you then... can say, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Podcasting is praxis, tenuous at best. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, 
thank you very much and we will we will see you all in part two in the new year have a good one see bye ya. everyone bye yeah on merry fucking christmas i guess that yeah too. <laughs> happy something aye that and all fuck up